Hey, sports fans, welcome back to the My 15 Minutes podcast. I'm Scott. We got a lot of news to recap from the last several days. Let's get right into it. I want to start out first talking about Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, a former Ohio State Buckeye quarterback, currently with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he moved around a little bit before finding a home there. Um, if you haven't heard, a few weeks ago down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Dwayne was struck by a dump truck and ended up dying. Um, certainly a sad story. He was down in Florida training with some of his Steeler teammates, trying to improve himself. Uh, I think there were a few other quarterbacks down there, a few wide receivers down there, just trying to, again, improve, get a jump start on some of his training. The stories come out in bits and pieces, and uh, it struck me interesting right away. They said Dwayne was hit by a dump truck crossing a highway at, I don't know, I think it was 6.15 in the morning, something like that. And people were wondering why, obviously, Dwayne Haskins would be walking on a highway or crossing the street at 6.15 in the morning. My initial thought was he was out maybe for a run. Um, maybe it was foggy. Maybe the weather wasn't great. I don't know. I just felt like uh, he he wanted to be there. He um, maybe getting in some conditioning before going and working out with his teammates. Um, other people thought the worst, thought maybe it was uh, intentional that he was struggling in his NFL career um, and decided that that was a decision that he was going to make. It got kind of quiet. The story got kind of quiet um, until recently, about maybe a week ago, um, the Fort Lauderdale Police Department, Dwayne Haskins' wife, said that she had called the police department to let them know that her husband had run out of gas and was walking on the highway to try to find some help. Uh, apparently, he called her. She was back in Pittsburgh. Dwayne called his wife, said that uh, he had run out of gas. They were on the phone for a little while as he was walking. Um, he said he was going to call her back in a few minutes and never did. She waited, waited, got nervous, ended up calling the authorities down in Fort Lauderdale Um saying that he was walking, that he ran out of gas, he was walking on the highway, and he was trying to uh, find some gas for his car. The investigation, of course, is still going. Um, Fort Lauderdale Police Department and their their uh, associates down there are saying it could take about 90 days for that, to, for that investigation to be complete. Um, so maybe we're looking around middle of July for a, for a final determination of that. It took another weird twist, uh, recently as Dwayne's parents came out and said that they were not going to attend his funeral, which was held yesterday, um, that they had never met or even spoken to Dwayne Haskins' wife and that they didn't want his funeral to be the first time that they met her or even spoke to her. Uh, so they decided not to go to the funeral. Um, I couldn't find anything about some of the other uh, memorials that are being held. One, I think it is high school. 
another, I think, in his hometown. Um, but an interesting story, you know, and, and one that I think certainly shows us not to uh, jump to conclusions, or some people not to jump to conclusions. I was glad when I heard that uh, this wasn't an intentional act, or doesn't appear to be an intentional act. Um, there was a little controversy over one of the sportscasters here saying that his NFL career wasn't successful. Um, I think really it just wasn't probably as successful as, you know, as he wanted. I don't know if anyone in the NFL wants to be a backup quarterback. I think everyone's striving to, you know, be that starter and, um, and to move forward. So I think, um, he was maybe feeling, uh, feeling that as well, that he wanted to be the starter and, uh, obviously was putting in the work down in Fort Lauderdale to become the starter or to improve his chances. Um, stay tuned. I'm sure there's more to that story. I'm, I'm interested when the official investigation is wrapped up and the report comes out. Uh, if you have any comments on it or you want to comment, uh, you can check out my Twitter at my15podcast um, and leave a comment there. Our second topic, uh, we're going to Go back to college basketball. I know it's been a little while since March Madness ended, but we definitely have some things to talk about. Uh, I saw on CBS Sports on Instagram something that was very interesting, and I was surprised it didn't catch a little bit more um, airtime or a little bit more uh, of the media's attention. But when you look at the Women's National Basketball Champion, the South Carolina Gamecocks, in order to become champion, they beat Miami, Creighton, and North Carolina. When you look at the men's national basketball champion, Kansas, in the men's tournament, they beat Creighton, Miami, and you guessed it, North Carolina. That's crazy to me. Like I said, it's crazy that nobody else really was talking about that. I didn't really see it anywhere else. Um, but for for the same three teams to be beaten by by the national champion in the women's and in the men's game, you know, the only thing that could be, uh, I guess, better than that is if it was in the same order, um, which it was not. The uh, Gamecocks, again, went Miami, Creighton, North Carolina. The Jayhawks went Creighton, Miami, and North Carolina. But uh, I just thought that was really interesting. I thought that should be shared a little bit more. I think that's uh, one of the great things about sports, quick little facts like that. Um, let's stick with men's basketball. You know, Jay Wright just, uh, announced his, he was retiring from his head coaching position at Villanova. Um, I wonder if coach K is interested, uh, Jay Wright, just a quick recap of the career, two national champions, uh, 2016, 2018, four final fours, six big East tournament titles and 16 NCAA tournament appearances. Uh, he was the coach at Villanova for 21 seasons. Um, I had no idea it was that long. It certainly didn't seem that long. Um, compiled a record of 520 wins and 197 losses over those 21 years. I remember Jay Wright getting hired at Villanova. Um, Jay Wright came to uh, to Villanova from a small school on a small private school on Long Island in New York called Hofstra. 
He was obviously the head basketball coach there. He did a uh, nice job turning that program around um, and then was lured away and ended up down in uh, in Villanova. Uh, he was at Hofstra from 1994 to 2001, I saw him. Again, a very impressive record. Um, they made the NIT at one point for the first time ever in that school's history. Jay Wright is in the Hofstra University Hall of, uh, Athletic Hall of Fame um, twice, once as a coach and once as a member of the team that made it to the NIT. Uh, very, um, very impressed with Jay Wright. Always one of my favorite coaches. Uh, I know my father picks Villanova to win the national t- title every single time simply because of Jay Wright. Um, you know, and I, I don't think he's too far off. I think for as long as I can remember, Jay Wright was a serious contender, and Villanova was a serious contender for that national title because you you were just fearful to play against his uh, Villanova teams. You know, they were uh, they were... I think a team nobody wanted to play, regardless of what your seed were. You knew Jay Wright and his his team was going to be prepared. You knew they were going to come out and play excellent defense. You knew they were going to come out and put a bunch of points up on the board. You knew they were going to be fundamentally sound, well-coached, do all the little things right. You knew they were going to rebound. You knew they were going to prevent, you know, turning over the ball. And they were just going to do what it took to win. And uh, and Jay Wright won a lot. Um 520 times down at Villanova. I think another about 50 times over at Hofstra over the four years, five years, whatever it is that he was there. Um, Again, he's going to stick around. You know, he'll be part of the uh, fundraising program, part of the advisory program over there at Villanova. Um, He's not really going anywhere. Um, Similar to Coach K, you know, I think a lot of these guys stick around. Um what is probably their second home, if not their home, and uh, still try to help out the program. The assistant, whose name is escaping me, down at Villanova, is uh, going to take over. Jay Wright said he just doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have that uh, competitive edge. He knew over the last few seasons that he was losing it, that he just didn't feel uh, that he could continue to coach at that elite level, and apparently he had told some of his inner circle um, during the tournament that this would be his last, uh, his last hurrah. I want to talk about another, uh, basketball coaching decision. Um, this time Shaheen Holloway. Uh, you might not know who Shaheen Holloway is. I didn't up until the basketball tournament, the NCAA tournament. And then, uh, I realized that he is the head coach of St. Peter, the St. Peter's Peacocks, um, and took his, men's basketball team as a 15 seed into the Elite Eight. Uh, first 15 seed to make the Elite Eight. Um, a good group of kids out of a uh, small private school in Jersey City, New Jersey. Um, took that tournament head-on, went in with no fear, beat, I believe it was Kentucky, um, other national powerhouses, and uh, took some names as they were doing it. Um so why are we talking about him? Well, he's leaving. And I think this happens a lot. Um, and I think it needs to be addressed somehow, but I'm not exactly sure how. It seems very often you have a coach from a small college, a small team, one that doesn't have a lot of revenue, one that doesn't get a lot of national attention. They do well in the tournament. 
they do well in the NIT, they do well in the NCAA tournament, and they are lured away from, from that small school. And this is exactly what happened with Coach Holloway. He's going to go coach Seton Hall, uh, another another Jersey school. And not just another Jersey school, but it's his alma mater. It's where he went. Uh, he played for Seton Hall from 1996 to 2000. Um, Seton Hall's coach ended up taking the Maryland job, a step up for him, I believe. And then Seton Hall lured uh, Coach Holloway away, uh, away from St. Peter's. Um, and not that I blame the coach. You know, the coach is always looking for, you know, a better opportunity, just like the kids are looking for a better opportunity. Um, I'm not sure, you know, one run to the uh, Elite Eight is uh, enough for me to go from little St. Peter's to uh, to Seton Hall, but I think being alumni, um, working with the old Seton Hall coach, as an assistant, um, certainly, certainly helped. Uh, I, I just, I feel bad for the players at this point. Um, you know, they kind of grow that, that program together and the coach always has an opportunity to leave without penalty. Um, and usually it's actually a better opportunity for, for the coach yet. The players don't really have that same opportunity. Um, if I'm going to college and I'm going to play a sport there, you know, the, the relationship I have with the coaching staff is is going to play a major factor. And then when that coaching staff leaves, um, or that head coach leaves, and if he takes some of his assistants with him, or maybe the assistant gets promoted or doesn't get promoted and the assistants go somewhere else, it kind of leaves the student athlete high and dry. There's not really much much for him to uh for them to do. Um some transfer and they sit out the year. Um some stick it out, some declare for the draft, uh and get drafted some don't get drafted, um, some continue to play professionally overseas, things like that, but I, I do feel bad for the kids. Um, you know, the coaches is, is getting a big-time shot, you know, a m- much more uh, visible program over at Seton Hall. Coach went from making about $300,000 a year to $2.4 million a year. Um, I don't know really too many people that would say no to that, so good for him. Uh, but again, I just I feel bad for the students athletes that suffer from for decisions like that. Uh, final thing, um, congratulations to Miggy, three thousand hits. Uh, ended up getting that today in a uh, I think his first at bat of a double header out there in Detroit. So the um, likelihood of getting it today seemed to be um, pretty strong. Uh, apparently, he's the thirty third player in history to have three thousand hits. He's one of seven players with 500 RBIs and 3,000 hits. And then he'll be one of three players when he hits his next double, which will be uh, 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, and 600 doubles. So pretty impressive, Miggy. Congrats. Um, Hope everyone enjoyed it. My 15 minutes is up. I will try to make it out here a little bit more often. Uh, Took a little time off to... um, do some other things, but I missed everybody. So, uh, hopefully we can get back to doing this about once a week. Hope everyone enjoyed it. My 15 minutes is over. Talk soon.